Praise the Lord. Amen. Greet you once again in the precious name of Jesus this morning. Praise God for the blessing of life and health and strength. And that Jesus came. Amen. Amen. Yes, glory to God. This morning I'd like to have you turn with me to Luke chapter 2. We'll read read the first seven verses, and then we'll also be reading from Matthew chapter 2. Amen. In chapter 2 of Luke, he said, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of of Syria, And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, and into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you that you are the God and the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're the one that is in heaven. You sent your Son, Jesus, that we can have life and life abundantly. We praise you, Lord, today that we can come together in the house of God. Father, that most of all, that you're here with us. We thank you for your presence, your power your glory, your righteousness, your holiness, your faithfulness, Lord God. We thank you today for your word and your spirit. We thank you for this time of the year that we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Father, we just praise you for what we have. We thank you for our families. We thank you, Lord, most of all for salvation. We thank you today, Lord, that your word goes forth and sets the captive free. Father, today I pray that it would once again, that you would go and open those windows of heaven, pour out a blessing upon us, O Lord, And remind us the reason for the season. Lord, that we would be reminded that Jesus Christ, when He was born, when He came, when you came, Father, in the form of a man, and you were born there in Bethlehem, Lord God, that was the beginning. And Lord God, that was only the beginning, that you were going to continue to grow, continue to mold and shape us according to your will, your word and your spirit. And Lord, we just thank you for the word that teaches us, the Holy Spirit that ministers to us. Father, we thank you this day that you would now, Lord, take this, take this time of service, Lord, and glorify your name. We lift up your name. We give you praise. We worship you and we love you. In Jesus' name, we pray with thanksgiving and all the people said, amen and amen. So as we read this about Luke, the first uh, few verses... And uh, has Brother Clem read a few after that? But we see that today I want to talk about missing Christ at Christmas. We know that in the world we live in today, and even for many years, how people have missed Christ, missed the meaning, what Christmas is all about. And I had to think of this as we read this. I want to talk about a few people that miss Christmas in the Bible. And we see in verse 7 here, the keeper of the inn, he missed Christ in Christmas. He said there's no room. If that innkeeper would have realized who this baby is going to be, 
who is actually came has come to town, he would have made sure he had room no matter what. He might even told everybody that baby Jesus has come to town, the Messiah. And it might even brought him business. You know how people look at it. But this room, this, uh, the, the keeper of the inn, he did not realize, he did not know, and he said, no room. He had no room for, for Jesus to be born. And that is why he went out there in the barn with the animals in the staple. But we see the reason everything was so full is because it was the time of the season of taxes. That is why Joseph and Mary even came to Bethlehem. They went, uh, when, when the king said, when Caesar said that everybody goes to where they were born, that is where they pay taxes, that's where they get registered, that is why they came to Bethlehem. That is why the inn was so full. There were so many people had traveled, so many people had come there to, to, do their, to, to pay their duties and, and to register and all that. That is why it was so jammed everywhere. And that is why there was no room in the hotel. And, but we see that that's the first one that we can read of that was missing Christ at the time of Christmas. We could say that because there was no room in the inn. Today my question is, is there room, do you have room in your inn for Jesus? Yes, do you have room? Do I have, do we have room? So many times in the day we live in, people forget all about Jesus. And that's, that's what I see here. But with that, let's go and read some in Matthew chapter 2 as well, where he talks about the King Herod. That's probably the next one we talk about that missed Christmas, that missed Christ in Christmas. And we see that as we, we start reading, I'll see how far we read. He said in verse 1 of chapter 2, Now when Jesus was born... In Bethlehem of Judea in the days of the Herod, of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem was with him. Do you see something there? When, when the king heard about this, and if we would go, if we back up a little bit, I'm not sure where I want to go, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about all these things. But the King Herod, you see, he, 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 was, totally, he was totally irritated about this situation that he's like, what, what, what is the deal here? He said, when he heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Every, it seems like Jerusalem was with him about all the troublesome and they were concerned what's going on. And look what he did. And, and when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes and of, all, of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Did you notice what it says? He's asking, where's Christ going to be born? How does he know about Christ? How does he know it's going to be Christ? That's what he said. And they said in verse 5 unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. That is quoting a scripture from Micah chapter 2. That's what he's doing. He's quoting a scripture. Uh, I mean, uh, wait, what did I say? Micah 5, verse 2, if I say it right. And that's what they're bringing out, these people. He asked these people. He's talking. If you look at this, let, let's read verse 6 and then come back. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of these shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. 
and we'll read a little more uh, later. But look at this here, what he's saying. He met with the scribes and, and the priest, chief priests. We could say he met with the religious people and said, who is this Christ? Where is he going to be born? What is going on here? And these people knew the Bible. Let's say they were scholars that had went to, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, to seminary. I was going to say cemetery, but I didn't. Uh, seminary. So uh, when they went to the, the seminary, these were Bible-taught people. So they knew. They knew, what, they knew what Micah says. They knew what that verse said. They quoted it. This is 700 years before Jesus was born. Micah, that was written in there. And if you think about it, how could this all be? But see, God's Word, I don't believe there's an error in the Word of God. God's Word is the inspired Word of God. And look what he said on in verse 7, Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men. See, this is something really got Herod going. When he privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again. The king did not want to lose control of where this child when he is born, where he's born, and what's all going on with this, he, he wanted to make sure, thank you both, he wanted to make sure that there, there, there's not going to some other king come in and take his place. He was very concerned about that. And he sent them, he said, and look what he said. He said, go search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me the word that I may come and worship him. Do you believe that's what he wanted to do? Yeah, that's the king. When they had heard the king, they departed, and, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, have you already thought about, listen real carefully what I'm reading. They saw, it says, when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts and gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod. Uh-oh. Herod is going to look at this. They departed into their own country in another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy. When he arose, he took the young child and his mothers by night and departed into Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when, the, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth. He was really angry, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and in all the coast thereof from two years old and under, un, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. When Herod, but when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, and again, he told him to rise and go. But we see here something that, I, that something that I caught on and that I'd like to share, something that I noticed, I should say. Uh, you know, the nativity scene that people use in these days. 
And many, and most times from what I'm familiar with, what they use is they use the three wise men uh, and, and, the, and Mary and the baby Jesus in the, in the manger there in the barn and Joseph. And that's actually not how it is. It was the shepherds that came and seen baby Jesus in the manger. The three wise men, he was already a toddler by the time the three wise men come and seen him. He was older. That's why, that's the reason that Herod asked to, to have the, any, all the little boys from two-year-old and down. That is why he took two-year-old and down to, to kill all them so that he's sure he gets the Messiah, so that he's sure he gets that Christ because he is the king. Herod is saying, I am the king, and I have no time for anybody that's trying to take away my authority. That's going to rule over me. That, that is what was bothering King Herod. And we see, so what was happening here, King Herod, he missed Christ at Christmas. That's what he did. He missed Christ at Christmas. And that's, that's what, what we want to talk about today is how easy it is. See, he would have been fine to have Jesus in the vicinity as long he would not take away and be the king. Remember that as we go through this. How many people are just fine, even if you talk a little bit about Jesus, as long he's not in charge of their life? But that's what was happening here. Remember, they were missing so many times people miss Christ at Christmas. And maybe, maybe some people say, well, that's why I don't celebrate Christmas. Has nothing to do with that. The reason they miss Christ at Christmas, it can be any day of the year, it can be any time. If Christ is not the king of your life, you miss him at Christmas and every day of your life. If he's not the king, if he's not on the throne of your heart, then you're missing Christ at Christmas. It's that simple. That is what was going on here. And look at these people. The, uh, like uh, Brother it's, it's interesting to see how the angel came to the shepherds. I, you know what I thought of that when he was sharing that? And that was the question I had when God, when Jesus Christ came to me and said, I'm calling you to be a pastor. Why would you choose somebody that is obviously not qualified? For, why would you choose someone? That doesn't know half what many others know. It is not how much you know. It is not how much we know. It is what we do with what we know. It is better to know a little bit and live for Jesus than it is to know a whole lot and not live for Jesus. Amen. Amen. That is what was going on here. We see that. So what did the king do when the wise men came there? He wanted them to go over there. He was playing a trick is what he was doing. He tells them to go and find where Jesus is and come back and let him know because he said, so I can go worship him. But when he seen, when the king seen that he was fooled, that the wise men went home another way. Boy, he became very angry. See, when he's seen he's not going to be in control, he took it in control. He took it in his own control. 
Remember, this is the time of the birth of Jesus Christ. This is the time we're talking about in the Bible. This is the time Jesus was born, going to be born. And they're raising a fuss. Today, there's families divided because of Jesus Christ. He said, I come. He said, I come to cause division. And what he means by that is there's people, there's some of us, there's some of those that will surrender to him, and others will be all offended about it, as we all know how that goes. See, that's what he's talking about. He would rather have our families divided and some of us serve him, sell out to him, than all of us just go into hell. That is what he's bringing out. He wants us to serve him no matter the cost. He already paid the price. But look at the thing. The, so we see that the innkeeper, he, he was missing Christ at Christmas. And, and King Herod, he missed Christ at Christmas. And look at some other people that missed Christ at Christmas. It is right here in verse 4. Look at these religious people. So King Herod came and he met with the chief priests and the scribes. These people that were already, they had the knowledge, they knew about the Bible, they knew the times, that they knew what the Bible said. And, and so he met with them. He wanted to know because he figured they will know. So if they knew, while they knew, they knew the word of God, and they knew about Bethlehem, they knew about Christ, but they didn't go and meet Christ. Think about that. They knew all about it, but they did not go over there. They did not go and meet Jesus in Bethlehem. How many times today do people totally know everything about it? There's so many times that people know the Word of God. They can even talk the Word of God. They can even share the Word of God, but they cannot live the Word of God. That is what was happening there. You can be so religious, but if you are not spiritual, if you're not born again, it means nothing. It's just like this. If the written word doesn't bring you to the living word, it just becomes another word. And what that means is when we read the written word, the word of God, the reason it's a living word is because it inspires us and we surrender to it. If you don't surrender to it, it's very hard to be inspiring to us. And when we're not surrendered, it may not inspire. And when we're not inspired by it, it's just another word. You can read the Bible until you're blue in the face. But if, it do, if you don't allow it to make a difference in your life, it's just another word. It means nothing. There's so many people, I believe, that are going to, that know the Bible, that read the Bible, and, and, and they're on their way to hell. Because they don't allow. See, what the living word is made for, what it's created for, how God has ordained it and made it and created it, it's to bring us and walk a walk with Him. It's to minister to us. It's to challenge us. It's to grow us. It's not just something to read. But remember, some of us at least, I talk for myself, before I was born again, I read the Word of God, I preached the Word of God, but it didn't do me any good. You know why? I was reading the written Word of God, but when I, was, when I read the written Word of God, it wasn't a living Word of God to me. 
See that? See the difference? If it's not living, if it's not alive unto us, we can read all we want. I remember there was times I'm reading the Bible. I just, I just did it to put in my time so I can say I read it. If that is how you read the Word of God, it's not the living Word of God to you. It's just another word. But if, if you allow it to teach you, remember, it doesn't matter your idea. It doesn't matter your opinion. It doesn't matter how you have been raised. What it matters is if the Bible, if the Holy Spirit, if you allow Him to teach you, if we allow Him to teach us, if, the, if we allow the living Word to get into our hearts and our lives and change us from the inside out, that is what it takes. That is how we're going to be changed. We can blame our parents. We can blame our brothers and sisters. We can blame anyone we want. Our families, the church, whoever it might be. It's not going to hold nothing on the day of judgment when you stand before Christ. He's going to say, he's going to ask you. He's not going to say, well, let me talk to your pastor. Let me talk to your parents. He's not going to do that. Your parents may not even be around. They already may be in glory or maybe they're already in hell. And now it's your turn. And you're going to try to shift the blame? No. What he's going to say is, it just was another word to you. That's what he's going to say. He said, you miss Christ at Christmas. That is what he's going to tell you. You miss Christ at Christmas time. Yeah. It is kind of like it is, so when we have a birthday party, Most people celebrate birthdays, right? So when your birthday comes around and they make a nice party and invite their friends or families or whatever it is and they have a little celebration, they sing happy birthday and, and uh, they celebrate life. So how would you have a birthday party but the one's birthday you're celebrating is not allowed to be there? See, that's what happens when... People, they celebrate Christmas in an ungodly manner. They're celebrating Christmas today, tomorrow. Probably going to be a lot of people celebrating Christmas and have no idea who Jesus is. See that? Well, that's what happens. To me, it matters how the world treats Christmas and celebrates Christmas but I'm not going to celebrate according to the world. I celebrate according to the Word of God because He's my Savior. If He was never born, He would have never died. Can I have an amen? Because if you think He just came out of the blue and all at once He died, it's a lie. Jesus was born. He came in the form of a man. He was born in Bethlehem. He was born in a manger because there was no room for in the inn. See that? Remember this, the world uses these phones for all kinds of evil things. Then you better not have one because you could too. It has nothing to do with the thing. It has nothing to do with how the world treats things. It's how you and I, if we know, if you and I know what the Bible says, if you and I know Jesus Christ, we celebrate Him according to what the Bible says, not according to what the world does. And that is what they're saying here in Matthew. That is what was happening there. 
the king, he was more worried about him losing the king, to be the king, losing his position in life than he was about anything else. And that so many times people are more concerned what others think than they are about what Christ knows because they're missing Christ at Christmas. That's what happens. What is the true meaning of Christmas? It's basically what it is. It's a celebration of the ultimate gift from God the Father. And it's Jesus Christ, the birth of Jesus, the Christ child, the Savior of the world. That's what it's all about. Remember, Herod was troubled. Herod, he did not. He missed Christ in Christmas. But how many of us today, how many of you are totally fine? There's one way that you can miss Christ in Christmas. That is by believing in Jesus, but not allowing Him to be in your heart and your life in charge of that. You allow Him to be in the vicinity. You allow Him to be talked about around you. You allow Him even to, uh, you might even use His name. You might even talk about Jesus once in a while. It's kind of like these religious people. They miss Christ at Christmas. And the reason they did, they knew. They knew the Word of God. They knew even what the Bible says. They knew all that. But they would not go meet Jesus. They wouldn't go meet Him. Today that happens too much. You know, you think about the world makes something out of Christmas in a way that it's kind of like fantasy, it's kind of like commercialized and all those kind of things. No, at the time of Christmas, when Jesus was born, there was children being killed for the name of Jesus' sake. There was weeping. There was a very sad time after he was born. For a little bit there, the little children suffered for his name's sake. But we can read. We can read how the, the shepherds came, the wise men came. We can read how they gave him gifts and how they bowed down and they worshipped him and, and they, they took time for him. We can see that. But we can also read where there's people did not want him around. They, they were not interested in Jesus. They, they, like the, they would even be fine with talking about him, but they were not interested in making him their life. That's what happens. When the written word don't lead you to the living word, then it's just, it just becomes another word. You can know the Bible. You can read the Bible. All those things. But if we don't let it minister, if we don't allow it to minister to us, that we become, that we have a deeper walk, that we have a relationship with Christ, it becomes of no value to you. It's just like having Jesus around in the vicinity, in our area, and around us, but not in us. If we don't allow Him in us, if we don't allow Him to minister to us, if we don't allow Him to teach us, it just becomes another word. That's what happens with it. Remember, people were very religious. They were very much, uh, they had all the answers. They knew what the Bible says, but yet... The shepherds, 
They are the ones. The angel came to them, and they're the ones. They followed the star, and they go over there to Bethlehem. We could say a nobody. Because back in the day, those that, from what I can, can read and understand, it seemed like those that were out and, and uh, being shepherds, taking care of the sheep, that was kind of more on the low end of the workforce or something. You know, that's something that, I don't know, it's just, I guess maybe today we would look at it like working at a certain place that maybe we don't even go there and eat. You know what I mean. You know, and it's, yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's how it was considered them, but look what, look what God did. He sent the angel to them. He knew they would have time. They would listen. Today, if you're one of those that you, you kind of feel like you're a minority, nobody really uh, appreciates you that much, or nobody really notices you, or whatever it is, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. The main thing is that you keep Christ in Christmas. Because if you don't keep Christ in Christmas, it doesn't matter you're born again, claiming, proclaiming to be born again, what you proclaim to be. If Christ is not in Christmas for you, you have problems. That's just how that works. Because if you take Christ out of Christmas, you don't have nothing. No, when Christ is not, if He's not living in your heart, if He's not living in your life, if He's not part of it, then He's out of it. He's not, he's not there for... for uh, he's there to save you, but if you don't allow Him, He's not going to do it. Remember how He says about... Uh, the letter killeth. See that? The Word of God. If you know the Bible, but you don't live the Bible, you know what it's going to do? The day of judgment is going to judge you and you're going to go to hell. That's what it's talking about. Let's close with, uh, with John chapter 5. Just a couple verses there that go very well with this. In John 5 and verse 39 and 40. And it's, it's just, Jesus knows. He, he knows just the right thing. He knows what we need. Look what he said in verse 39 and 40. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. See that? Look, look what it says. You search the scriptures, but you don't have life because you don't come to me. See, it's just like it was for me before I was born again. I knew a lot of, I had a lot of scriptures memorized back then. Quite a, quite a few uh, uh, chapters and different verses and things I had memorized. But it was just another word to me then. It didn't become the living word at that time. I would, it was like just another book. It was actually kind of boring to me. But now... See the difference when we accept Jesus, when we make him the king of our life. When he is the king of my life, the word, the written word becomes the living word. And it makes a big impact in my life. The word of God is alive. The word of God is alive to those that surrender. But to those that make it a habit of reading it so they want to be seen, Reading it so people think well of them. Reading it so they can protect themselves. Reading it so they can back the pastor in the corner. You know what? They're, they're going to be reading it on their way to hell. 
Because they're not allowing the Word of God to become the living, the written Word of God to become the living Word of God. They're missing Christ at Christmas. That's what they're doing. They're missing it. They're missing it. It's so much better. It's better to know less and go to Jesus than to know more and stay away from Jesus. Remember, the purpose of the written word is to lead you to the living word. That's the purpose. And that's what he said here. That's the last verses we read. He said, you, sit, you search the scriptures, but you don't come to Jesus. See, if you search the scriptures and you don't come to Christ, You'll search, you'll search all your life. And you don't have, when Jesus is just in the vicinity, but he's not inside. If he's not in your heart, if he's just in the room, but he's not allowed in your heart. That is why there's so many called religious churches in the world today. The reason is they can talk about the Lord. They can talk about God. They can even read the Christmas story. They can, even, they can read anything, the Easter, time of Easter, what we call that, the resurrection. They can read anything in the Word of God. But they're very careful what they preach because they, they, they want to make sure that the banking account stays nice and fat, Christ, in the time of Christmas. Isn't that something? So today, be reminded, don't miss Christ at Christmas. Let him come. Let him allow him. Invite him. Let him make a big deal about Jesus. That is why we have Christmas. It's about him. If it wasn't his birthday, if it wasn't, if Jesus was never born, there wouldn't be a Christmas. There wouldn't be eternal life. Look at that. And allow the written word to lead you to the living word. If you don't, then it's just going to become another word and we don't want that the living word it's it's alive that's why it's called the living word amen don't miss christ at christmas remember you can know everything about the bible it's not how much you know it's how much he knows and when we allow him when we allow him to come and work in our hearts and our lives that's what makes the difference when you and I allow Him in our home, when you and I allow Him in our heart, when you and I allow Him in our family, when we come together, when you and I allow Him to be part of Trinity Fellowship, part of the church you attend, you and I attend, that is what makes the difference. He is the one. Can I have an amen? God bless you.